On this episode, we're talking about firing the man. Chris and I are joined by Ken Wilson and David Schomer, uh, the co-hosts of the Firing the Man podcast and also sellers themselves. So we're going to uh, do another installment of our Amazon seller journey and hear the stories of Ken and David. And, and it was really fun talking to them, Chris. Yeah, and they're local. I mean, yeah. they're just down the street. They're in St. Louis. We're in Kansas City. So that was really cool to make that connection. But go to firingtheman.com. They have awesome episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're big sellers themselves. They obviously quit their job uh, and took the side hustle full time. And they both work together like yin and yang. Yep. Uh, <laughs> David's like the analytical one. Ken's like, let's go, let's go, let's go. So, yeah. Uh, I like it. Yeah. It was great hearing their stories. So get ready to be inspired. Let's dive into the interview. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 132 of Two Amazon Sellers and a Microphone, brought to you by Solozo. And today, Chris and I are pumped because we're going to be talking with some other podcast hosts uh, from Firing the Man. We've got David Schomer and Ken Wilson on to tell us their story about how they started their Amazon business and then fired the man. So David and Ken, we're excited to have you on. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Thanks, Dustin. We're really excited to be on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Thanks for having us on. It's going to be a great time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And we've been doing a little series sort of called uh, our Amazon Seller Journey. Uh, it's just because it's really fun. I think it's it's inspiring and it's encouraging for anyone who's getting into this business to hear the stories of other people who have done it. I mean, there's lots of ups and downs on this journey <laughs> for sure. Uh, and it's just it's good to hear those stories. So we can't wait to dive in and just hear all about you guys. Plus, we want to talk about your podcast. Uh, yeah. That's something, obviously, we're both on that same journey, and that's been fun for us as well. So we'll dive into that. But let's just turn the uh, floor over to you guys. David, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your journey, then we'll go into Ken's, and then we'll go go through it all. So you got yeah, the floor, David. Absolutely. Well, uh, the story starts about five years ago when I saw an ad, like a Facebook ad from some guru about making millions of dollars on Amazon, <laughs> and uh, it had... I watched that after a day, like a bad day at work. Right. And it got me thinking of, you know, what could I do here? And, uh, you know, around that time, uh, my mom, uh, I was home and my mom ordered laundry detergent on Amazon and she is not tech savvy at all. And, uh, I come from uh, rural Iowa. And so Amazon's been great. Uh, you can get all kinds of stuff and uh, not have to drive 30 miles to the store. So, um, saw there was a real opportunity there. And so just started it as a side hustle. Uh, my Amazon business, it's a private label business. Now, while I was doing that, um, I spent eight years in public accounting. I worked for a consulting firm, did mergers and acquisitions, consulting, litigation support, business valuation. And uh, that was pretty helpful in uh, you know running my own business. And so um, Ken and I met about two years ago at the St. Louis e-commerce meetup and uh, really hit it off. And to be totally honest with you, uh, my wife gets sick of listening to me talk about PPC and conversion rates and all of that stuff. And, uh, you know, same thing was going on in Ken's home. And so we found each other and would grab a beer once a week and and just chat Amazon. And, uh, you know, our podcast, Firing the Man, is uh, 
not too different. We, you know, we still get together about once a week and, uh, and, and talk about Amazon. And so, um, that show's called firing the man, which we can get into a little later in the episode, but that's, uh, that's about me. <laughs> that's awesome. And I got to touch on that because, uh, my wife used to say the same thing to me. She's like, can you just get your words out somewhere? <laughs> she's like, you can, because I used to do the same thing. Just talk about, it. it's like the, she's the podcast was a great solution for that. That That's hilarious. Uh, all right, Ken, what's your, what's your story? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll break it down in like the uh, 30 second condensed version. I'll try to. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, in 2001, I got laid off in the dot-com bust and I decided to go into the military. Like what else is there to do? Right. So joined the military, traveled the world, um, learned to trade. Uh, I, I was in uh, network engineering in the military tactical, got out of the military, um, got a job with the department of defense and, and cybersecurity and network engineering worked for them for about seven years. Um, you know, it's really tired of wearing a suit, uh, a tie and jacket every day and, you know, dog and pony show. So switched over to commercial engineering, did that for about seven years. Um, it was funny. One, one um, it was a Christmas break. My daughter and I were watching YouTube. She goes, dad, I want you to see this uh, funny video. I'm like, all right, whatever. So let's sit down. We're watching it on YouTube and an ad pops up for, you know, I can't remember who it was, but Hey, come sell on Amazon. You know, this, it was a Lambro throwing bills everywhere. And I'm like, this kid can do this. Like what's going on here. So my daughter leaves. I'm like, you know, how we high five. That was a great video. She leaves. I'm like, let me see what this is. You know? So I looked at it and, and uh, I was unhappy at the time in my corporate job. I've been promoted several times, no raise, just, you know, the whole gamut. And I was like, let me just try this. So I set aside like 3000 bucks. And within, you know, three months I had an LLC. I had spun up, I had products, you know, no courses, just kind of, figured it out as I went along. Um, and then fast forward about a year and a half, you know, I had, I had everything spun up and running on Amazon and I did, I did get a course and, and learn a little bit. Uh, and same thing with David. It was like, um, you know, my girlfriend, it was like, you know, Hey, you got to stop cornering me and talking to me about sourcing and PPC. You know, and she's like, she's like, go and find other people that do what you do. And I'm like, okay. So I go and I look at meetup and I'm like, this is perfect. So, uh, went to the meetup. Uh, it was uh, David hosted St. Louis, uh, Amazon meetup and, um, met him. And, you know, it, it was a really cool just to connect with like-minded entrepreneurs and, um, and, and, and hear about everybody else's journey. Uh, you know, and then fast forward to now, you know, David and I, we partnered up, you know, started firing the man podcast and then him and I, through our journey, you know, we've, we've fired the man and, and here we are. It's, you, you, this whole thing is like we talked about before, Dustin. It, it's kind of like you, you do this, and I like how you guys both saw ads because that's kind of how I started too. Yeah. I saw something <laughs> on YouTube, and I was like, "What the heck is this all about?" And just went jumped into it. But this whole journey is kind of like by yourself. You're doing it all by yourself, unless you do join a course. And at the time when I think both of us started, there was really no. I mean, there was a course, but I think we could all find the same information on YouTube. Uh, so. Backing up a little bit, David, um, do you still sell the same product that you sourced at the very beginning? Like, do you still have the same product that you very first got? So my first, pro no, I don't. The answer to that is no. Um, and I'd be happy to go into that. My first product was a total bust and I have 10,000 of them. All right. So, uh, <laughs> so um, watched a Jungle Scout, a Jungle Scout video and got their Chrome extension and, uh, 
it was about a week before Easter and I had this result of candlestick holders. Um, and if you imagine like a six inch candle, you're holding it in your hand. There's a little, uh, cardboard disc that fits around it. So the wax doesn't get on your hand just for kind of a mental image. And man, all things were pointing to this being the best product. And so, uh, what I didn't realize what was, it was a week before Easter and, you know, uh, Catholic masses have a candlelight vigil. And so there was a huge spike in sales data, right? And, you know, it wasn't a very popular product. And so I bought these things, got my images and listing all set up. And I think I may have sold like 10 packs, but I mean, it was a total bust. And, uh, but shortly, you know, jumped back on the horse and uh, got into to something in the pet supply industry. And that is something that I am still doing today. I'm still managing that brand. And Ken, what about you? Do you still sell the same product? So no, so a little bit different. So when I first started, uh, you know, we, we all hear these stories about, you know, just going from nothing to success, but there's a really long road between A and B there. So when I first started, it was um, uh, retail arbitrage. So I was going and, 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 you know, learning the ropes, buying stuff off the clearance shelf, selling it, resending it in. And so I did that for probably a few months. And then I said, you know, this is not sustainable and I can't scale it. And so I moved into uh, wholesale. So I started getting um, wholesale accounts and I moved into online arbitration. And I so I kind of ran through all that. And then I figured this is not something I can easily scale. And the margins are really small. So then I moved into private label. And uh, the, the two brands that I started, I, I still have today. Uh, mo most of the products are still there. Some of them are not. Uh, some of them I, I've dropped. But for the most part. So kind of, kind of went from, you know, the arbitrage all the way to the private labels scene and kind of learned how on, on the way. Do you both have a brand together that you both work on or you both keep them separate? Yeah. So we uh, recently formed 8020 capital and uh, Ken and I manage our three portfolio companies. And what we found was, um, you know, Oh, I'm going to blow up Ken right now. He's a digital marketing wizard and uh, I'm an accountant. My my brain is organized into rows and columns. And so uh, in terms of like complementary skill sets, man, it doesn't get any better. And so uh, we decided, you know, as a solopreneur, you're wearing 10 hats. Yeah. And we decided that it would be best if we took five hats off each and swapped them. And, and, and now we're both working on things that we're good at and that we enjoy. And uh, we've been doing that since February of this year, and it's been great. Do you find that you have a lot more fun working together than on your own? I mean, I can, I can speak I would assume to that. so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like for me, it's um, yeah, like David said, you know, as a solopreneur, you guys know this. You're wearing ten hats, and some of those hats, when you put them on, you're like this sucks. Right. <laughs> or, or you're not good or you're just not naturally good at it. You know, like, mm -hmm. like for me, spreadsheets, like David is like a spreadsheet wizard. And so I'm like, there you go. You know, I'm like, and it makes me happy, but yeah, like working on the things that I really enjoy. Um, and, and the things that I I've learned or I've studied a lot on it. it yeah. It's just my day to day. It's, it's I'm happier. There's no, oh, yeah. there's no question. I mean, hey, Chris and I, we talk about this all the time on the podcast about how, there's a lot of things in this business that, you know, you're going to have strengths in one area, but you, if you're going to succeed better, if you can like outsource the areas where you don't have strengths or have experts working on it. And when you can partner up like that and have complementary skill sets, that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> 
Absolutely. To add on to what Ken said, you know, we, we always say this in our business, uh, two brains is better than one. And I can't tell you the number of decisions that, um, you know, I have done some preliminary analysis and I'm going to go uh, route A. And then after talking to Ken, we end up going route B uh, because we had great discussion. And, uh, you know, he brought up some points that I wasn't thinking about. And so uh, there really is a good synergy in our partnership. And you hear, you know, one plus one equals three. And uh, I think that's been the case with us so far. I think the same would apply to your podcast. This is something that, that Chris and I have talked about as well before is two people hosting a podcast actually is helpful. <laughs> you, you get, you get com coming at some people from different angles and it makes for a, a richer conversation. I feel like. Yeah, totally agree. And, and especially like interviews, you know, you're going to think of some stuff and, mm -hmm. you know, your partner's going to think of some other stuff. And so you, it's just like, yeah, the synergy is like next level. I, I think if I had to do a podcast myself, I, I don't know, it might be a, it might be a, uh, crap show. I don't know, but, but yeah, two, two, two and one is, is a lot better. I, I think. Let's talk about the time, the, that moment when you fire them in, you, mm -hmm. you, you obviously reach a point in your business where you're like, you know, if I just pivot and put all my effort into just doing this Amazon business, I could scale it multiples than I'm, what I'm doing now at my corporate job. What was that like? What? Cause that's a, that's a big jump. Like, you know, jumping into this is, is a big jump. I think quitting the, the comfort or the, the, the paycheck, like quitting that, I think that's a, a, a bigger jump. So what was that decision like? How do you know when it was right to do uh, and, and right to do that decision? Sure. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll jump out first. So for me, um, I like to talk about risk profile. Everybody's risk profile is different, you know, so I'm a little bit older than most. I, I have my, my kids are a little bit older. So I, I, I'm a risk taker. I, I take more risks than, than others. And for me, you know, I wanted to, I started, I started two brands. And so I always wanted to have like um, a backup plan, you know, diversity and different streams of cash flow. And so when my day job for me, I hired a, a business coach uh, about six months before I quit my job. And, and it was like, I, I need someone that's, um, you know, the quickest way to, to get somewhere is find someone that's been there and ask them how they did it. Right. So I hired a business coach and I'm like, this is what I have going on. This is what I want to do. And, you know, he kind of helped me. We put together a plan and, uh, you know, all, all of my fears and all of the things I was worried about, I just listed them out. And then I just uh, solved all of those. And, and I was like, oh, I have to put a date on there. And I actually left my job two months earlier than that date because I had checked all these boxes. And he's like, you told me you were going to leave once you had all these boxes checked. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, so, uh, yeah, it was basically, you know, I, I needed to make enough money to, to cover my bills, insurance, all these things that we that we have fears on and we worry about. I just solved all those. And then. Uh, you know, it was, it was kind of funny. It was kind of ironic. I, I had been promoted just recently at my company and they're like, yeah, you know, we're not going to give you any money with this, but you know, we're going to give you all these extra duties. And, and I was just like, yeah, like not today, not on my watch. And, and then I, I left. So it, it was uh, super rewarding. Um, but, but, it, but at the same time, you know, there's anxiety, there's fear, like what's, what's going to happen. And, um, but, you know, it's been uh, over a year now and well over a year. And then um, it's been great. Uh, it's yeah. Uh, next level happiness compared to working for the man. How Definitely. about you, David? Yeah. So to share a little bit about my story, uh, 
you know, this timeline kind of starts around when Ken and I started our podcast. So uh, we were talking about what our goals were and our goals were to uh, fire the man essentially, right? Grow our businesses to a size to where we could leave our day jobs and do this full time. And we had a brainstorming list of names for the podcast. And, uh, you know, I think maybe like second place was like going deep on e-commerce or something. But Ken brought up firing the man. And uh, I really like that, but it made me nervous because I was like, you know, I had a good corporate job. I was making good income. Uh, I had a baby on the way. And I was nervous, like, what if people at my job find out about this? You know what I mean? Now you're committed. <laughs> right, right. So, um, and then, so we decide, all right, firing the man, I keep my lips sealed. I don't mention it to anyone at work. And uh, six months into it, Ken quits. He quits his job. He does what we said we were going to do. And I was like, oh my gosh, the pressure is on. And uh, I ended up quitting 14 months after starting the podcast and, you know, had I think syncing up with Ken and, and kind of watching the process that he followed uh, was really helpful. And one thing that I, I'm glad that I did was I, I set certain metrics and said, when I hit these metrics, I'm going to leave. And those were income based. They had to do with other streams of income. And I'm happy to go into those later, but um, you know, watching Ken do it first was, was really helpful. Now my criteria before the podcast was I'm going to leave when the discomfort ends. And, uh, you know, I was nervous to leave my job. I liked my job. Um, you know, I was on track to be, you know, on the partner track and was excelling in what I was doing and I enjoyed it. I was learning a lot. And so, uh, what I'll tell anybody that's thinking about this is the discomfort doesn't leave. Like up until the day that I left, I was still very uncomfortable and uh, in contrast to Ken, I am very risk averse. Um, that's I was that that's what attracted me to accounting. It was like that's my background is is accounting and finance, and it has got to be one of the most stable jobs out there. Um, and that's one thing that I liked about it. And so being an entrepreneur and and you know supporting a family on this entrepreneur income was is scary to me. Um, but just celebrated my six months anniversary, and. Uh, yeah, so far so good. Really enjoying it. You wish Congrats. you would have done it sooner. <laughs> you know, I, I don't. I think I I timed it just about right. You know, one thing that I did, which isn't necessarily e-commerce related, but I went and bought a couple uh, rental properties. Kind of took some chips off the table from e-commerce, and uh, just a little bit of diversification there. And so that was something that um, just got me comfortable in that all right, if Amazon closes your account, you'll still have some streams of income coming in. And, uh, you know, you hear people talk about passive income all the time. I have not found anything um, that's like truly passive. And so, but I will say like, you know, Amazon FBA, uh, you've got someone doing your fulfillment for you. Uh, boy, are there a lot of other things that you've got to do. Um, but I will call it maybe like quasi-passive. And I would say that real estate investing is also fits into that like quasi-passive category. Not, I'm not trading my time for money. I'll say that. Yeah. To answer Chris, Chris's question, um, if, if I would have, if I regret or wish I would have left sooner, I, I wish I would have started my company sooner, started my yeah. business sooner. I left, mm -hmm. I think at a good, a good time a, a, in a safe zone. Um, I probably could have waited longer, probably could have forced myself to be more uncomfortable and left earlier. But what I do regret is not, you know, I waited till later in life to start a business. I, I wish I would have started that earlier for sure. 
Me too. I, Dustin and I talked about this. We we listened to the at the time back in 2014, 15, there was only really like two good podcasts out there. You guys probably know who they are. Uh, we would just listen to them constantly. And I, I, I have flashbacks now, like, damn, I wish I would have done that sooner. Like yeah. I could have, I could have sourced a product like a month in and been, you know, leaps ahead. But yeah, at the time I just was listening, listening, gathering information, gathering information and it took me a little bit too long to, to jump, and <laughs> jump in there. <laughs> Well, to, to David's point about the fear of quitting and then like you, what, what happens? What if this all falls apart? It's like, is it a big failure? Uh, for anybody who's listening, I fired the man. And then two years later, uh, things went a little bit south and I had to find, find out ways to make more income. And what, what you learn is that I think a big part of this journey is you learn that you're capable of doing like you can start something and make your own business. And then like you said, David, that... Once you you get that feeling of that success, then you realize you can do it. Why couldn't you do it with real estate like you're talking about? Why can't you do it in other avenues? Why can't you, uh, you know, start a podcast or anything? You can do these things. So I think um, I'm more on the kin side in the terms of the risk taker. Like I probably quit way too soon. <laughs> <laughs> but but it could put, like there's no when when you pull that trigger and you you quit it's you're all in so you it, it does laser focus you a little bit more because i could have potentially had a permanent side hustle uh but i had to quickly change that so i think this <laughs> it's fun to hear these stories yeah, for absolutely. sure absolutely what, yeah, I Good. Uh, so one one thing one thing that I found and, and that I that I think is really really impactful is uh, for for those who are watching the video I have a sign right here burn the boats and and whenever I I, uh, I can't remember who who shared that with me I wish I would I would give them a shout out but I um, burn the boats is basically uh, conquistador you know landed in South America the ones that to take over the Mayans. And there was a, you know, just a few hundred of them and maybe there was 10,000 Mayans. And so the leader was like, Hey, you know, how can I get these guys to fight and win? And so burn the boats. There was no go, there was no going back to Spain. You're here. You either conquer these people or, or what's, what's left, right? Nothing. So uh, I think when we, as humans, like, you know, like you said, Dustin, you had to figure it out after a couple of years, something went south, whatever. I think we give ourselves too much space. I think if we are harder on ourselves and we and, and basically burn the boats like, hey, you either need to, uh, you know, do it or, or fail. Right. Or learn and keep doing it. And, but but for me, I'm like, whenever I give myself no no escape plan, then I'm going to execute. I'm like, oh, there's nothing else to do but but win. And, and so I, I think. I I've, uh, push myself to do that every day. Like there's no other escape. There's no backup plan. There's nothing. Just go forward and, and not look back. Yeah. I love that. I think it's all mindset. I mean, the, the, that those decisions like to, to quit and like burn the boats like you're talking about. I mean, and just just for me, I'm. I can't believe where I am now. I'm I'm working for a uh, you know Solozo, which is a great company. I've got my own Amazon business, got the podcast. None of that would have happened if I would have stayed in the comfort lane that I was in. And I think a lot of times, um, you know, that's that's important for people. Yet success is always on the other side of fear. So if you can get through that a little bit, you can you can see the end of it. So that those that's great. What what year? 
did you guys start your Amazon FBA? When did what year was that that you guys started selling? I was in 2017. Okay. And I, I started in uh, 2018. And then when did you guys start the podcast? I think it was January, January 1, 2020. Yeah, January 2020. Yeah, memorable time. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, so let's talk about this now. Since you guys started the podcast and now you're working together, do you feel like that this, this networking being out and about meeting people in this space uh, has really helped you take take your businesses to the next level because you know, I feel like that's the case for us for sure. Absolutely, you know I, I think e-commerce can be uh, kind of a lonely profession unless you're proactive about meeting people. You can spend a ton of time behind your laptop screen and not talking to people, and, and so um, that's been one. That was one of the reasons that I started the the meetup in St. Louis and it's great talking to other sellers and seeing what's going on. You know, Ken and I just got back from the prosper conference out in Las Vegas and it was awesome, you know, and, and I like to, you know, have a list of Amazon sellers that are, you know, doing about what I'm doing in terms of revenue. And when I run into problems, you know, you can reach out and say, Hey, you know, for instance, what are you doing on inventory restrictions? They're killing <laughs> me right now. And, uh, and so, um, you know, that, that's been super helpful. And, and what I'll say is like, we're not all competing against each other, you know, very rarely. I don't think I've ever met anyone that's selling in the exact same category that I am. And so a rising tide lifts all ships and it's, it's been wonderful to connect with, uh, you know, people that I otherwise would not have connected with. Yeah. Just to add on to what David said, I firmly believe in that. And, and, and some of the groups I'm involved in, some of the masterminds that I've been a part of have really leveled up my business. I've learned so much from, from, from that space and just from surrounding myself with other like-minded entrepreneurs and e-commerce spaces, like is leveled up my business for sure. How was prosper? We, Chris and I are so upset. We didn't go, we didn't uh, make it. <laughs> but how was it? It was yeah. awesome. It was awesome. It was good to shake hands and pass out business cards. It felt like the old days. <laughs> um, and so it it was a really good show. I'll definitely be going back. Yeah, it, it was massive. Uh, I think there was, um, I don't want to butcher the number. It was a couple thousand sellers there. So it was, uh, it had a lot of breakouts. They had a lot of good, a lot of good topics. Um, and I think more so it was my first conference since, since I, I don't want to say post COVID, but you know, my first conference, live conference and just going and being around, uh, other humans and, and, and seeing it, uh, you know, e-commerce thriving and, and yeah, it was, it was a great time. It's, it's energizing and it's, I mean, it inspires you to keep going. I, I know for a fact, not networking enough early on when I started was a huge mistake. I think I could have really ramped up a lot faster because you start, you just, when you don't, when you don't do that, you start, like we talked about before, you start kind of ignoring or not doing the things that you're not good at. And you really focus on the things that you're good at. And it's, you just don't, yeah, it's just you don't get that motivation of what uh, what you're talking about, and the Amazon community is so interesting because once you get network, you're, everybody likes to share information. I mean, for the most part, I mean, you got people out there that don't, but for the most part, everyone likes to share and help each other out. And like you said, um, the rising ties tide uh, lifts all boats, and it's so true in this community. And that picks up what we were talking about before we came on. We didn't realize you guys were in Missouri. You're both around the St. Louis area. 
we're in Kansas City. You asked what the scene, the Amazon seller scene was like here. And there's not a whole lot. <laughs> not, we need to start, we need to start the Missouri uh, meetup and just get a whole bunch of sellers together for sure. I'll tell you, have you guys, uh, have you seen that movie Field of Dreams with Kevin Costner? Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So there's a famous quote in there. If, uh, if you build it, they will come. And I'll tell you, if you guys form a Kansas city meetup, all you got to do is build it. People will come. People will show up. It has been, you know, in terms of like, uh, building things, it's always, you know, I'm always very optimistic going into something and performance, you know, generally is under my expectations in most ventures I get into the meetup has been great. You know, it's 15 bucks a month for meetup. And uh, you make a group, find a bar that you can rent out a back area. And usually it's free. Like, you know, you just have to have a tab of 200 bucks or something. Um, and it's great. So anyway, if you guys build it, they will come. <laughs> All right. We're built. We're going to build it, Chris. We got to do it. Yeah. Everybody who's listening, who's close to the Kansas City area, get ready. We're starting. I was driving to St. Louis, too. They got these guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Louis, we'll we'll make it. We'll make a road trip to KC for, for one of you guys to meet us for sure. <laughs> Next time the uh, Royals play the Cardinals, we'll come down there. There you All go. Right. There you <laughs> go. Could, Perfect. Could get ugly. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Good times. Yeah. What's next for you guys? What are you guys what, – what's going on in the, in the future? You, you started your, your uh, business together. So what's going on next? So um, what's going on next? So I would say um, – we're, we're expanding. Um, you know, we're going, we're going into Amazon international. Um, we're going into Walmart and, and, um, David's got a, a, a huge M and a background. So, you know, we'll be looking to acquire brands and kind of grow, grow that way, uh, build our team. Um, so we have a, a, a lot of stuff in the future. Um, but, but expansion, you know, diversity expansion, Amazon's always throwing curveballs. So, you know, how can we build a, a sustainable business, um, increase the value in that, um, provide security, you know, build a great culture, great team. Absolutely. Yeah. I would say international expansion and, and we're also getting into Walmart. Uh, we've got all three portfolio companies accepted into WFS. And so, you know, we're making a big push there and, you know, if I was a bet, if I had to take this to Vegas and place a bet on it, I would say that that Walmart's market share is going to double in the next year. You know, if you look at their infrastructure, and this is the reason I think this, and keep in mind, this is speculation. I don't have any inside info, but um, if you look at their infrastructure, I mean, they have warehousing and buildings all over the world, really, uh, but specifically in the U.S. And in terms of logistics, debatably, you know, if not number one in the top five logistics companies, you know, worldwide, they invented just in time inventory. And so, you know, do I see eBay tripling in size in the next five years? I don't, <laughs> but you know, I, you know, I do think that Walmart is, is, you know, I, I feel like we're trying to get in at the ground level and they've made huge investments to their online platform. And so that's something that I, I see there being a big opportunity and, you know, if you're already selling the products, you got the photos, you got the listing, you got the keyword research, you might as well throw it up there and see what happens. A hundred percent. I think Walmart is in a space now like where Amazon was when yeah. we started selling. I mean, I started selling in 2014 and that's sort of like, I feel like the level of where Walmart is. And you bring up a good point. I, I've always thought this. I mean, there's a Walmart 
everywhere. How how Walmart should be able to do like two hour delivery to almost anybody. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. They have 10,500 retail stores in the U S yeah, <laughs> it's they're everywhere. <laughs> yeah. You would think with that infrastructure that they could catch up and put pressure on Amazon. And that'll be interesting because it'll be interesting to see how those marketplaces might compete for sellers. I mean, I don't know if that'll, if, if fees will be adjusted or what will happen when that, when that becomes much more competitive in that space. Yeah. I'm hoping that you see the com competitive markets, you know, reach an equilibrium. And I think competition here is good. You know, Amazon in terms of market share, I don't think they can grow a whole lot more, um, you know, north south. I think they can go east west in terms of uh, you know new markets and whatnot. But um, in terms of like penetrating additional market share, I don't see it happening. And so I think this year they, what do they account for? Like, is it forty five percent of all online retail? It's something like that. But you know, you're. I don't think you're going to see them, you know, increase that much more. And so um, we'll just have to wait and see. I hope, and you know. Amazon is like that cool older brother uh, that sometimes beats you up. And 2021, they <laughs> they've beat us up a couple times. And uh, on on these inventory restrictions and and you know on all kinds of stuff. And and that's fine. You know, I like Amazon. I'm an advocate of Amazon. Amazon's what allows me to fire the man, right? Mm -hmm. um, but uh, boy, have they been kind of challenging to deal with this year. And so I'm looking forward to you know, competitive pressures, uh, having, you know, sellers leaving or, or at least expanding into WFS. Yeah. One, one thing to tack on to that is uh, specifically for Walmart and, and the competitiveness will help all of us out as sellers. Um, and, and everybody listening to this, Walmart released uh, a few weeks ago that their WFS program, if, if the inventory is in before, I think, believe it's October 15th, you don't have any uh, Q4 storage fees. And I was like, holy cow, you know, so they're really putting pressure on Amazon now. It's like, so they're, I, I think they're listening, their ears open. What, what do the sellers want? And let's, let's go and let's, let's get in this, in this game, you know, and battle it out. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out over the next six, 12 months. Yeah. It feels like they're on a collision course and yeah. somebody's going to go over in another person or something. It feels like they're coming close. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's what makes all of this fun. I mean, that to, in some regard, this is a game. And the, and the rules and the playing field just kind of changes constantly. And so you stay on your toes. It's, uh, it is the complete opposite of a corporate job where every day you go in and you do the same thing. And change takes two years to happen in a corporation. And in this field, it's daily. And then you have all kinds of factors. I mean, you maybe a pandemic shows up and changes everything uh, in your business. So, uh, to me, that's that's what makes it so interesting, and that's why it makes it so important to constantly have conversations like this and, and network, so you can try to be ahead of the curve, like you guys are doing now with with Walmart. I think it's um, you know, it's always fun to explore other avenues of where where you go. What are there other marketplaces you guys are looking at as well? Uh, besides the international markets, or are you sticking to Amazon and Walmart right now? So um, there, there are other marketplaces. We're, we don't have a, a an eye on them right now. We're kind of—I mean, we're keeping an eye on them, but we're, we don't have any. Um, our compass is not pointed in that direction. Uh, Amazon International, uh, just for the simple fact that it's basically the same marketplace. It, it, you just like flip a couple levers, and you're already there selling, right? It's it's the low hanging fruit. If you're if you're looking at 
80 percent of of where it is that's it and then and then walmart is the long-term play um it would be nice to get an invite into target but that's the invite only uh other than that um nothing is is jumping out at me david you yeah you know i i would say international expansion has been our big push recently and and this may be common knowledge i didn't know this until we got into this but um when you go into say like amazon uk or amazon germany all your reviews come with you. And so if you have a moat of reviews here and you go over to these international, you know, if you have 10,000 reviews, those 10,000 reviews come with you. And so, and if you look at the speed at which you get reviews, uh, you know, presumably you're in more marketplaces, you're making more sales. So it's just going to kind of speed up that hamster wheel a little bit. And so I think it's something that, you know, I'm glad that we're making the push and uh, it has been, you know, so far so good. But I would say we're not fully into all of the markets yet. We're still going through like the VAT process and all of that. We'll have to have you guys uh, back on after you've gone through this international expansion because that's something that uh, obviously we're very interested in. I've I've tested, I've sold in Canada uh, before. Um, that's, you know, it's a good experience to sell in a different marketplace for sure. And you're right about the reviews. I mean, that was, I learned that as well, just by creating that listing. I'm like, oh my gosh, all my reviews came over. That is a nice head start compared to what you do when you launch a brand new product. Uh, so we'd love to have you guys on and just hear all the, you know, the successes and challenges of, of expanding internationally. Cause I mean, it's, it's not going to be super easy. I mean, there's a lot of, like you're talking about the VAT and stuff is a lot to jump through. Yeah. It's like, we always uh, think about it. If, if something is hard to do, then not a lot of people are going to do it, right? So the more the more hurdles we're jumping, it's like it almost makes me excited. Like, yeah, all those other guys are not going to do this. So yeah, we'd be uh, happy to come back on and, and share that experience. So it's uh it's been an interesting uh, process so far, but um, definitely it's going to I think it's going to be worth it for sure. Yeah, we'll definitely get you guys back on. And you're a hundred percent right. If it's challenging, there's less competition. Um, just across the board. I mean, that's uh, we talk about that all the time. And sometimes, sometimes when Amazon does things like inventory restrictions, it, it is challenging. It's a pain. Uh, but if you can overcome it, you it might it can be advantageous for sure. So we'll definitely get you guys uh, back on in the future. I, I want to hear all about that international expansion. Uh, it was great hearing your stories today. Um, loved it. So thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Dustin, for having us on. Great yeah, time. Absolutely. And we're going to have to have you on the Firing Man podcast. We'd love, I just uh, like sure. to let this conversation keep on rolling. Absolutely. We'd love to do it. Absolutely. Um, so thanks again for joining us. Everyone who's listening, if you like content like this, if you want to hear great stories of other sellers and be inspired so that you can go fire the man, make sure that you subscribe to our podcast. Also go to firing the man. You got to listen to these guys a lot of time, subscribe to their podcast. You can watch our live streams on Solozo's Facebook page on Solozo's LinkedIn and also on Solozo's YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe to those, turn on notifications. You get notified when we go live. And if you're currently selling on Amazon and you are struggling with your PPC, you'd like to just stop doing all that manual work. Solozo can help you. We can help automate and optimize your PPC for you. So go to solozo.com. You can book a call with you'll get either Chris or I, and we'll walk you through the platform. We'll show you all about how Solozo can help you with your PPC. Thanks everybody for tuning in.
pivot and Ken. We'll catch you next time. See you, everybody.